0: Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show.
1: Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Dan and I'm joined by...
0: I'm Lawrence. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. How art thee?
0: Uh I'm all right. Got a bit of a headache. Um so oh. you know we can complain about that a little bit. But mostly I'm all right. I'm I'm recording in a loo, a loo a new I'm not recording in the loo. I'm recording in a loo a new <laughs> location today. Um as uh I mean I I I think you know that obviously I've got my my little office set up in my uh say new house, the house that I I moved into in November. Um, the house that jack built the house that jack did indeed build and we're very grateful to jack for that but i in january i bought some new windows i uh, got some triple glazed win- windows for the whole house which was a little bit expensive and i bought those windows specifically so that there would be noise cancelling uh, because my house is very close to a, a busy dual track um, and you you may be able to hear in some of the more recent episodes listener uh, some traffic and stuff in the background, so you know that was uh, that was four grand well spent because the the windows have done absolutely nothing to the noise. Um, but I've recently oh, right. bought a dining table uh, in my dining room, which is at the back of my house, and I'm sat at that today. Um, so new recording location. So we'll see how it sounds when it comes to the edit, but it already feels like it might be a bit of a better location. Which is wild, because I've been trying so to set up... you're not the toilet? Just to I'm, not, I'm not in the toilet that Jack built, although he did do a good job on the toilets. I did not want to record in there today. Thank you, Jack, is the feedback I've got there. Um, are you well?
1: Um, my foot hurts.
0: Yes. You're kicking people so, in the um, head again, haven't you?
1: Last night, I... Kicked someone in the, the head. The toilet ...in the middle of the night and decided to not turn the lights on. Hold actually. on, Who,
0: whose toilet's this?
1: Your toilet, the toilet that you are recording in.
0: No, no, no. I believe it's the toilet that Jack specifically built for you. Right. Okay, yeah, good. Okay, please continue.
1: On my way there, I decided to trip over or collide with a large piece of wood because we were doing some... Wood um, stuff. ...rearranging of the house ourselves last weekend. And um, I've broken bones in my, my toes before... So I know what it feels like and yeah, I'm pretty sure I've got some fractures in um, maybe a couple of toes. So yeah, that's fun. I had to drive to and from work today and I was limping around. Um, so yeah, that's that's, that's, been, that's been fantastic. But luckily, it's kind of numb at the moment. I'm on painkillers. Well,
0: um, I mean, you know what you got to do, don't you? What? Stop kicking wood? yeah that's that's, that's the it. feedback i think that that's fit. the lesson that we can take away from that and i th- I feel it's a learning point for for myself as well as all the listeners
1: i was gonna go for round two tonight with the wood board
0: uh, i don't know i you think you might... will win yeah maybe 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 i'll no. do the other foot tonight yeah do that It'd be fun and you can you know just so that'll be even better driving yeah you can just crawl around it'll be nice It'd be a good yeah. look in my car that's right crawl around in your car
1: lovely that's what we do yeah um Okay, so today we are here to talk about number 70 on our Metacritic Top 100 list. Number 70 is Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell Chaos Theory, with a score of 94, released on the Xbox in the year 2005. As usual, do you have any history with this game?
0: Yes, very much. We um, This isn't the first Splinter Cell game that we've covered on the podcast, obviously. We've... Um... We, about a year or so ago, maybe a year and a half, we did uh, Splinter Cell Pandora Tomorrow, the second in the series. This is the third, and I think is considered probably by a lot of people the best Splinter Cell game. Yeah, I right. I had this game on PS2, I think when um, when it originally came out, because it came out on the Xbox, and then the thing with the Splinter Cell games at the time, they always felt very exclusive to Xbox, but then eventually they did come to the yeah. PlayStation. Um, so I played this game a lot on PS2 when I was 2005. So I imagine the PS2 version came out in like 2006. So it'd have been about 13, yeah, it 14.
1: Been, yeah, it'd have been in 2006, I reckon.
0: Yeah, so, um, I, I played this game a, a lot. I've completed this game quite a few times and I, I, I am fond of the Splinter Cell series. I don't like the second one at all, but the first one, chaos theory and double agent, I've got a lot of time for. So yeah, I used to play this game, I used to mess around on it quite a lot, messing with the guards, messing with different ways to play through, Um, and yeah, my my history with this game is, um, there's quite a lot of it, and I do have quite a soft spot for this game, so just just to advise um, that I'm going to be completely non-biased in this episode, so there we are. What about you? Stop gushing. (laughs) I won't do it. I'm going to continue doing um, it in the toilet the jap built. Gushing in the toilet the Jack built. <laughs> the that Jack
1: oh, built Jesus. We all want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm gushing at the table, actually, oh, not in the toilet. The rails
1: already. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's your history, um, Dan? Yeah,
1: so... Uh, so, similarly, I, my, my first time playing this game was on the PS2. Um, but a memory that I distinctly have, um, the PS2 game... I'm pretty sure, on the back of the box features the Xbox screenshots. So, the back of the box, the game looks fantastic, and then you, you boot up the PS2 version, and it is a considerably inferior game in terms of the visual... Um, Fidelity. Yeah, and, and I remember being really disappointed at the time because I saw the back of the box and I thought, this this looks amazing. And I played it, and yeah, I was I was a bit disappointed. Um a similar thing happened I think with um Hitman Blood Money because there was a, there was a an Xbox 360 version of that game that looked considerably better than the what was last gen version at the time. Um so yeah, I played the PS2 version. I completed that version, but I was kind of left wondering what the fuss was about. And one of the things that I found... Well, another thing that I found a bit annoying at the time was that um, Sam Fisher would just turn up in levels and you would never really know how he got there. He'd just be there at the start of the level and I was always missing those um, those little cutscenes that games like GoldenEye have um, where you arrive on the scene. Um, very nitpicky, I know. But there, there was an about turn at some point, which was when I played um, Chaos Theory... I think, it, I don't know if it was on my Xbox One or it it might have been the 360, but I went back and played Chaos Theory, the original Xbox version. And then, I, then it clicked with me that this was the version that those screenshots had come from. And the game looked and still does look great. And then that time playing it, something just clicked with me and I really, really enjoyed it. Mm. And I've completed it a good few times since then and every time i replay it at some point the game just really clicks with me and it's just really there's something about the gameplay loop of this game that's just really satisfying
0: it's it's one of the it's one of those games i i found in particular that i don't know if you have the same but there are quite a few games from my childhood and from my past that i played like a lot like excessively as a kid but then haven't picked up again for like 10 15 years or something and going back to it it all feels completely new like a completely new experience but at the same time you feel like you kind of know what you're doing and that was the yeah. vibe that i had playing chaos series this time because I've, I've not played this game for about I don't know 12 years maybe
1: actually no so yeah I, the, I i replayed it first of all oh i'm not sure actually so i replayed the xbox version at some point point. Then I played the PS3 version. Yeah, the HD collection. The, yeah, there was a HD collection released on the PS3 and I completed that version Yeah, I've well, got that. So yeah. The, it, this game, it's aged very well, in my opinion, and it's one of those games that I play and I think there's not much that I would change about this game and, and that's saying a lot considering it came out in the year 2005. Mm. I think we can end the episode there. Um, and that's but, it. And that's it. That's, that's it. what she wrote. Um, but no, we're not going to do that. So what version did you play for this playthrough?
0: So I did um, I did go with the idea of maybe plugging my PS3 in again um, and playing the version that I had because that would make sense financially. But I really couldn't be bothered uh, messing around with my PS3. I found the older my PS3 gets, the more hassle it is to actually play it. I don't know oh, why. It's,
1: yeah, it's pretty shocking to go through all the hoops to get it running these days
0: yeah I I just wish that Playstation would do a similar thing to what Xbox has done and just like make PS3 games backwards compatible like the discs in the PS5 Um, but yeah
1: that would be a bit of a game changer for me Um, I don't own a PS5 and I think that would get me to buy one
0: yeah 100% especially if it did backwards compatibility to the PS2 and PS1 era um, although yeah, obviously and, that's and a lot more unlikely
1: enhancements like Microsoft do with their older mm. games yeah a good example being Chaos Theory which I believe has been um, up-resed mm-hmm. and also you've got auto HDR running on it so yeah colours really pop
0: um, so so yeah if, if it was easier for me to play my PS3 version of this game without having to mess about and plug my PS3 in and go through that trauma of trying to log in and stuff I'd have played it there on the HD collection which I probably would have enjoyed um, but instead I paid £11 to get it off the Microsoft store and I played it on my Series X um, I think it's probably the first time that I've played this game on Xbox I think it's the first time I've ever played a Splinter Cell game on Xbox actually um, which is interesting because obviously the Xbox is the console that the, the, the Splinter Cell games were were created for. So yes, yeah, so I was yeah. a Series X man this time. What about you?
1: I was also a Series X man, but because I am um, sub- subscribed to Game Pass, I got it for like four pounds, mm. so it wasn't such a, a big dip for me. But yeah, didn't break the bank. Um, this was no, this was the first time I played it on my Series X, and. I think I've got a physical copy of the Xbox version lying around somewhere, mm. but I couldn't be bothered with that, so I bought it again. Yes, um, classic.
0: Cost, cost yeah. of living crisis so, and all um, that. Here we are wasting money on games we already own.
1: Yeah, I, I seem to do it a lot.
0: Or, as Seems the kids say, Cosy lives." Apparently, that's the uh, that's the shortened way to say cost of living crisis. If you're cool, not sure if you knew that.
1: I didn't want to know that. No,
0: normally me. It makes me maybe. feel a little bit sick saying that that term actually. Cosy lives anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it's a good version to play. I I think it's uh, the best version to play in the modern day. The the PS3 version um has some frame rate issues from what I remember, and it's yeah, I'm Yeah, I remember that. So so yeah, this version is very. Slick, smooth. It loads very quickly, um, and just takes all the possible frustration
0: out of the game. Um, so, do you want to give us a rundown of the plot? It's um, oh, it's, it's quite a. You, you know what? To be fair, I don't follow the plot of this game that well.
1: No, I, I get that.
0: Um, but it, it's a bit if if you if you break it down, brow. yeah, I mean, if if you break it down to something simple, it's there is an issue that arises between the West and China, Japan, South Korea, and North Korea. Um, some nukes get, not nukes, some missiles get launched and uh, both South and North Korea say that they didn't do it and it's Sam's job to go in and find out what actually happened to stop um, escalation of an international crisis. Along the way, he finds that his old... Colleague, someone he knows who actually featured in Pandora tomorrow, uh, Douglas Shetland, Correct. is behind the um, the shenanigans, effectively. To, um, but he he was on on the you know the the bad side of um, something gone wrong or something a few years ago, and decides to create his own business, um, and he has. Orchestrated the crisis to make a load of money, and at the end of the game, you have um, you have the option whether or not if you want to shoot him or spare him. But I mean, if you spare him, be, you know he, he he attacks you and you kill him anyway. But I I feel that that implementation there was the very first kind of sneak peek of where the Splinter Cell games were going. Obviously, with the um, with the stuff within Double Agent. Agent. Um, but yeah, that's a very brief and very poor telling of the story of chaos siri but doug shetland aka big boss big boss that's right yeah without the hair without the hair without all of it but yes without
1: the, yeah
0: oh and, and there is also um obviously that the, the team that you work with you've got um grimms dotter lambert's uh Reading, and then mr blobby as well who um give you you information
1: i really liked his briefings they were the best we
0: enjoyed the blobby briefings uh, i believe they
1: were
0: cool the blobby briefings there you go that's the uh that's the early you go
1: through the normal briefing screen and then you get the blobby briefing. <laughs> that's
0: it blobby briefing there's my favorite briefings that's that's the early implementation of the uh the blobby mention in this episode thought i'd uh you know yeah thought i'd throw a curveball in for blobby briefings anyway please continue <laughs>
1: Why isn't there a TV show called The Blobby Briefing?
0: (laughs) That's what I call the news. That's what the B stands for in BBC News. sequel. (laughs) Blobby Broadcasting News. Um, No corporation. Anyway, sorry, do continue. um,
1: So, as we do with sequels on the list, what's changed between this and, let's say, Pandora Tomorrow and um, the original Splinter Cell? What's changed here?
0: Just a lot of, you know, quality of life changes... Um, Sam has more abilities in this game. There are more gadgets that you can do a lot more with. Um, you know, the the levels feel like they're a little bit more. Um, you know, you can approach them from any which way, um, which you didn't potentially always have the option of, particularly in the first Splinter Cell um i don't know if you remember but when we did pandora tomorrow i didn't get that far in it mostly because i hate that game i really don't like it um but yeah i I think it's a lot of quality of life things a lot of um particularly with the gadgets and what you can do was a big kind of well not a big step up but you know a pretty large step up i'd say those are the things that stand out i would say i don't know if you would add anything to that
1: yeah, so what you got here for the first time was the oral monitor. So you've got your um, visual monitor where obviously when you're in the dark, you are safe. Um, but this time you've got an oral monitor where it monitors the environmental and noise. sound. Yeah, and, and how much noise you are making in comparison to that. So if the environmental sound is a certain level and you're under that level, then yeah. you can't be heard. And I think it's a really nice touch. And it's hard to go back to the other games with that. It seems like such a small thing, but it adds a lot. Um, This game had no game overs. Whereas in the original Splinter Cell and Pandora Tomorrow, if you got to a certain point, you you triggered too many alarms. Yeah, the mission was Um, over. You killed the wrong person. Yeah, the mission was over. Um, Whereas that's gone now. And you can have lots of alarms. And what happens is that the enemies scale up. So they might have um, extra body armour. So it's one of those games that did that thing and that's always a cool thing and lots of games. Um, MGS5 did did that, didn't it? Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, and this game came out 10 years before that game.
1: Yeah, and I'm not going to say it started with this game because there's probably some other game that did it beforehand, but um, this game, it was here uh, in this game. And one of the other things, I think quite a key thing really, is that... The loading, um, the loading screens in the middle of levels have now gone. So if you remember with the original Splinter Cell and Pandora, Pandora Tomorrow, you would have the level broken up by maybe um, two or three loading scenes. Mm. And each loading scene, would you'd load a, a sort of self-contained bit of level. And here, it's, each level is just one big level from start to finish. And because of that, it just feels a lot more um, cohesive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, some some significant refinements that make it hard to go back to the previous games. And this is one of the, um, I'd say, figurehead games for championing refinement in, in, over, in sequels. So um, yeah, this game does a lot. And as you said, it's fondly remembered by many as the best Splinter Cell game. Okay, so on to our ever-present feature, Gameplay King. I know the answer to this already. Is Splinter Cell Chaos Theory fun to play?
0: Yeah, that's the end. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, it is. There's um, there's a lot of ways that you can play this game. Um, you know, at the start of each mission, on most of the missions anyway, you get uh, the option of what your loadout's going to be, whether you want to do it stealthily, whether you want assault or go with the standard recommendations. Um, and on most of the levels, you can play this however you want. Um, and as well as that, the way that the levels are designed, it gives you options on the ways that you want to get in. If you want to go in through the front door, you can usually. Or if you want to just crawl through some vents and, and sneak through, you can also do that. And as well as that, with all of the um, the different gadgets and stuff, you can really mess about with the enemies, um, which you know is always fun in stealth games. Um, I, I did hear someone say uh, when I, I, w- I watched a few videos ahead of this. Um, ahead of this, is that stealth games these days, really, they feel like action games with stealth tacked on. Yeah. And, I mean, you could even make that argument with Metal Gear Solid 3. Um, You know, it it is a stealth game, but really the, the best stealth, like pure stealth games that, in my opinion, probably exist were the Splinter Cell games up to... Uh, double Agent. After that, I think they kind of went off a little bit.
1: They've got they've got their moments, the later games, but um, yeah, that, it never quite got to the level of Chaos Theory. Um, I, I do think MGS three is a stealth ge- stealth game because um, you've got all the survival camouflage mechanics. Yeah, of course. They they weren't really done in other games, so it, it was a different sort of stealth game. It was a sort of um, what if you placed stealth in the jungle? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you mean. This is very much a pure stealth game, and you can you can pick your way through the level. So yeah, it is fun to play. There's a level in in the first spin cell called CIA HQ. I remember that one. Which it's the offer.
0: only it's the only mission I remember from that game.
1: It was it's a very good mission, and it's um it's the only mission that really offered you a choice of how you wanted to start the mission in terms of how you wanted to enter the building. Mm. Um. And I feel like, so Clint Hocking was the um, was the director of this game, and he's also directed some other very good games. So he directed um, Far Cry 2, and he recently um, directed Watch Dogs Legion, which isn't as good, but it's still uh, an interesting game with some good ideas. So yeah, he's a, he's a good developer, and he worked on the original Splinter Cell as well. But it feels like he took that CIA HQ level and um developed it into a full game and that's that's the chaos theory that we got so yeah it's fun to play what about your favorite move in this game
0: um so one of the the very prominent memories i have of this game and it links in with what my favorite level is i don't know if that's going to be like your your question of the week or talk about favorite levels at any point maybe Okay. I won't say what level it is then. Um but in this game you can use um like the pistol to um like mess with electronics. I can't remember if you could have done that in Pandora Tomorrow don't. Yeah,
1: you can do it in the old games. Um you can do it in the first spin still as well, um, from what I remember.
0: So my my favourite thing to do in this game is on one of the levels, um, you go in there are these um like electromagnetic windows and you can like basically make them transparent or opaque using um using this gadget which i used to have so much fun with as a kid well, as a teenager um and going back and doing that and this this uh this time around obviously it's not quite as fun because my imagination isn't quite as wild as it was when i was a teenager of all the things that i could do and mess with the guards in such ways as well as you know time spent playing the game but that's my favorite thing to do is uh use that gadget and just mess with stuff particularly those windows what about you
1: um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pick two, but one of them is a really significant one, um, and that is when you get close to an enemy in this game, you you sort of enter a predator slash prowler mode. Yeah, maybe prowler is the wrong word. Um, predator sounds better. Um,
0: You're a predator. <laughs> not sexual predator. Uh, <laughs>
1: um, so so what happens is you, you get close to them and. and the animation for sam changes but not just the animation but the controls Mm -hmm. and he kind of slows down becomes very quiet and you can basically you get refined control over him and you can um, cut stop mid animation so you can get really close to enemies but you can it's, it's very hard to explain but it's a very cool thing and i've not really seen this in any other game and this was the first time it appeared in the splinter cell games mm. the only other splinter cell game that does have it is double agent but not the normal double agent the double agent that was released only on um, xbox has this because it was running on the same engine as chaos theory i'm the guessing that
0: was the version. one that came out on the ps2 as well yeah because the, the the ps2 yeah, the xbox PS2 version, version they're different from the 360 version aren't they
1: but they're also different from each other as well, okay. so uh, this is why I'm not sure um, whether it did appear there. Mm. Um, the, the the Xbox version of Double Agent is quite a unique thing, and, and the PS2 version did have some changes to, again, Got loading it. in levels, and the and I know that some bits were cut out of levels, so, so again, it was a bit of a... Um, neutered version of the game yeah but yeah so it appears in that game and it appears here and and i love it because when when you don't have it and you're sneaking up on enemies you just feel really clumsy in other games whereas Mm -hmm. here you feel exactly like that and it feels great today um the other thing i think is brilliant in the well i'm not going to mention the level but there's a level where you can basically there's some um walls that are destructible and you can pull enemies through them and grab them and uh yeah that's very cool so yeah, there, there are some really nice touches in the, in this game that um they're just yeah still cool today and you don't see them all the time um okay so you, you mentioned before favorite level so what is your favorite level or favorite levels
0: i think most people would probably say the bathhouse um which is a very good level i remember that from when you know i played this years ago spending a lot of time in that particularly when all hell breaks loose um, but my favourite mission, which I don't really hear many people talk about, is Displace International, uh, which I think is the okay. f- fifth mission. Um,
1: so that's the one with the glass. Yeah,
0: mostly because those doors and those windows. Um,
1: Would you like to peek through windows? Uh, that's
0: right, I'm peeping Sam is what I am. Um, be careful, otherwise you'll see me on the blobby briefings. Um, but yeah, I, I with, with particularly Splinter Cell games, I really enjoy the levels when you're going through like corporates um, or government buildings like the CIA and um, it's been Cell 1 or Displaced International in, in Chaos Theory. I really enjoy those like office block missions because it feels, um, I don't know, it feels like super serious esp- espionage, you know, rather than just like sneaking around a, an old lighthouse or, you know, something random like that. So I, I really enjoy um, those kind of environments in sneaking stealth games. Um, but yeah, Displace International is my favourite, probably followed by the Bath House, um, and then maybe the first level. Um, I also have a least favourite um, level as well.
1: We'll get to that. So I think cool. I think a lot of people's favourite level is actually the Bank um, from the research that the I Bank's and good. And yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people really like the Bank, and and I think it's because it's a you start off in the yard, and you've got the the building, and you've got ways into the building, and it just feels like a it feels a bit like a Hitman level in yeah, any ways, does. and you can, and you can get through that that level without touching a single guard, which I did this time, which was which was fun to do. Well, don't, well, don't and worry,
0: we've uh we've got a we've got a bank level coming up when we actually play the Hitman games when we do our uh, of our personal lists.
1: Yes, correct. Yeah, so I'm guessing you're talking about Hitman 2, the new Hitman.
0: Yeah, it was part of Hitman 2. It was part of the DLC. Yeah, it was, it was one Maldives missions, and New York.
1: Yeah. yeah, they were quite cool missions actually. Mm. Um, yeah, and my favourite level, I, I think the bank is really, really good, um, and it's probably my second favourite level. But um, a level that I like really because of the setting and the atmosphere, and I just think it's it's fun to play in is um, Hokkaido in yeah. Japan. Um, I think that's a very good level and quite unique and you really do feel like a ninja infiltrating this sort of Japanese palissy thing. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that's probably my favorite level. The one that I, that's the one where it, it clicked again this time and I yeah. just thought this, this is uh this is just, yeah, it's just on a level of its own. Um, okay. Let's talk about the audio first of all. So anything uh, noteworthy about the audio for you?
0: Yeah this game does a similar thing to to MGS3 um and important to note that MGS3 came out a year 2004? before year before this game yeah 2004 I was about to say that uh, this game did it first but no you're right MGS3 was 2004 um but it's very much when someone thinks they might have seen you or they notice something that, that there's like um there's like some music that that plays and it's like um it's like just like a solo guitar um being plucked to kind of make you think that okay i, I might be in trouble here i need to you know evade or, or or whatever the 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 music cues in this game are really good um the guards voices probably leave something to be um desired but the the voice acting of sam and particularly his support team and particularly grim um.
1: Ah, oh, oh, grim. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It. It. Like. It's the voice acting, obviously, that is a big part of it. Who, who is it? The voice of Sam is it Michael Ironside?
1: Michael Ironside.
0: Yeah. Um. And and. Brilliant. I, I, yeah. Absolutely. I. I personally think that Sam Fisher's voice, like Michael Ironside of Sam Fisher, is one of the most iconic voices in games. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, not not quite on the same level as as David Hater as Snake, but
1: I don't know. I would. I would. I would put him up there on the same level. Recognizable, um, you know. I, I think. Yeah put it this way they're both characters that mm. it's, it's really hard to hear someone else do yeah and i don't think many characters um reach that level
0: yeah and it, it, it it's partly down to the writing obviously and and the, the the chemistry that the the voice actors have but also the voice acting but the um the back and forth between grim and sam about uh, particularly the age difference between them I really liked and there's quite a lot of funny lines in this game and, and even when you um you sneak up behind guards and and take them hostage uh to interrogate them like sam's got like a really fun sense of humor um th- yeah. th- that really play, like plays on the guards and winds them up and like convinces them that he's going to kill them or something if they don't give give him the info that, that that he wants this is
1: a funnier game than any of the other Splinter yeah, cells as well. i'd
0: say so it, it it's a serious game but it doesn't take itself seriously if you know what i mean it's willing to, yeah, it's to poke like fun humor. at itself.
1: Um, yeah, dark humor uh, scattered throughout.
0: Yeah, I'd say so. But no, the, the 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 sound design in this game is good, and particularly the voice acting. Um, yeah. And,
1: yeah. Uh, to, to add the music, so I, I think each level's got its own unique score, mm-hmm. um, and there there are three tempos within that level. Yeah. Um, I believe this is correct. So you've got the, the kind of standard where you're you're in stealth mode, and then you've got, as you said, when you've kind of um, Maybe been spotted from a distance, and it's like the caution um, music, and then you've got the full on. Um, yeah, you've been spotted.
0: You're, you stuffed. Yeah, yeah, you've been spotted. You're gonna be. On, you're gonna be. A, you're gonna be, a, be on weird. front page of Blobby things. Yeah, exactly. That's right.
1: Exactly. That's also a newspaper I've heard.
0: That's correct. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, what about the visuals? We we talked about. This being a bit of... um, a, Well, it definitely was a standout for the Xbox. So um, do you want to talk about the graphics and how well they've aged and anything that you particularly liked?
0: Yeah, I think I've probably mentioned it a couple of times before. Um, and he's not someone that I really watch anymore, although his content has changed massively on YouTube. And I know that it was someone that you never really liked. Uh, but do you remember Kadikurus? Yeah. I think I mentioned it in the Tekken 3 episode where Kadikurus has this thing where he has a problem with like early PS one and PS2 CGI, like particularly on faces. And you look yeah. at it and some faces from back then were like scary. And yeah. the only problem that I have with this game in terms of the graphics are the faces.
1: CGI. Okay. The CGI as well. It,
0: yeah. And I mean the CGI as well in some of the cutscenes, um, you know, like when Shetland and, and Sam are talking in a bar, uh Sam's face, it does look really weird. Um, it is a very yeah. jarring look, um, but the, the facial designs of some of the enemies when you take them hostage it just looks so weird it like it 's like <laughs> yeah, their faces yeah. are made of like plasticine or something but other than that, the graphics stand up and obviously we we 're playing like um, a higher res version of it on the on the new new xbox obviously but um i 'd say that this game holds up and particularly compared to um, i remember the graphics of the first Splinter Cell uh, and like just the, the design of Sam's hair yeah. uh, being very sharp and spiky um, it, it looks a lot better it, it's it's a game from 2005 so it's not going to blow you away but I think it still looks good for its age You know, this is almost a 20 year old game
1: I think it looks very very good for its age and I think it looks uh, I think this is a testament to how good it looked back then mm. I think it looks like a game from the following generation quite easily um,
0: and... e- early though
1: yeah yeah, it's not it's not MGS4. Um, no, but yeah, it's it's, but it it looks very nice and it's got a nice art style and, good, uh, the levels are, are are well thought out and I mean some of the colours that you see like again Hokkaido, when you see the sky, mm. it's just, yeah, very um, punchy and nice to look at. Also, this game I believe was the first game on console to feature normal maps which are um, those textures that add sort of... Um, they look like three-dimensional. They're, they're not actually three-dimensional. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They appear to be three-dimensional. So mm. it adds uh, much more depth to the scene, um, and that's why a lot of older games look a bit flat. But yeah. I believe this was the first console game to have them. This was also the first um, the first... Splinter Cell games have ragdoll physics, and I think that makes a big difference as well. I it love makes ragdoll physics. Regards, that much more fun, and using things like the shotgun, um, that much more fun. Um, uh, just,
0: just, just a quick, um, like, just a, a quick little diversion. Do you have a, a favourite game with ragdoll physics in? Because this is something that I still think back to to a game I've not played for about probably eighteen, nineteen years.
1: Uh, the games that come to my mind with rag- Ragdoll Physics are the um, the PS2-era Hitman games yep. and also a game called Freedom Fighters.
0: I remember that game, but I never played it. Um, that,
1: yeah, that was um, very Ragdoll Physics heavy.
0: So like, a game that comes to mind that I, r- I really, really like uh, with Ragdoll Physics, but isn't the one that I'm thinking of Like in terms of whenever I think of Ragdoll Physics, I think of this game. But another game that I think of is um, Gang Beasts. Uh, the little jelly people. Oh yeah, so fun. But the the game that I always think of, like I say, I've probably not played it in close to twenty years. With um, it had like a a cheat in it that you could turn on to to put on ragdoll mode. Uh, did you ever play Minority Report on the PS2?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: That game. Um, I used to spend so long messing about in that game and messing about with the ragdoll physics. And from what I remember, it wasn't a great game. But I had so much fun with it. I had so much fun with that game. Um, I remember the jetpacks in the game. Yeah, the The jetpacks. PS2
1: era. I I feel like I played every well-known game at least mm. for a little while because I just used to go through a cycle of trading in games. I must have had hundreds of PS2 games at one point. Yeah, um, and probably played several hundred over the course of the uh, of the life cycle of the PS2.
0: But yeah a little tangent for you there,
1: yeah, okay, um, okay, on to our question of the week um i was I was really having difficulty coming up with a question that I felt like did justice to this game and and how much I like it um but so so my question is obviously we've had a bit of a, a hiatus for the Splinter Cell series, and my question is. Do you think there's still an appetite for this sort of game? And yep. if there is, do you? Why haven't we
0: seen it? I don't know. I mean, I think in we, we we've talked quite a lot before about the kind of stuff that I watch in general. Like I mostly watch stuff on YouTube, but I know you watch bits and bobs. But in terms of, I I think anyway, in terms of like general watch time of general like TV or stuff, I think. I probably watch a lot more stuff on YouTube than you do. Um, Yeah, I don't watch as much anymore. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that I watch is gaming-focused, which is weird for someone that doesn't play that many games anymore other than for the podcast. And there are so many channels that I'm subscribed to that will still talk about getting excited for a new Splinter Cell game or why isn't there a new Splinter Cell game? Why hasn't there been one? When will one be announced? Will one ever be announced? And you know, you, you see it with a few different franchises as well. It isn't exclusive to Splinter Cell, but this is like these are big channels of people who you know, there's no prompt for them to be saying this stuff. There's no like whisper or rumour about a Splinter Cell game, although I think there has been one over the past year or two. Yeah,
1: so uh, there there has been for some years. So at one point there was there were it was that Ubisoft was uh Receiving pitches internally for a new spin cell game, mm. and I think more recently there's rumours that one is in development. I think there, there might have been a teaser even, um, maybe a year or uh, a year ago.
0: Okay, yeah, that that rings a bell. But I I think that there is still a big hunger for this game. And I mean, I I haven't played any of them past Double Agent. I think I watched you and our old housemate Danny play the one on the 360. Was it Conspiracy or something? Convictions. Convictions. And like I had zero interest in that game. Um, you know the that whole. That game's a funny one. It's weird, yeah, isn't it? it? Like, like the whole doing, tagging three enemies and then like earning enough points and then you can just execute them all in one shot or whatever.
1: It was unique for the time, and and and, and some other games copied that style afterwards. But it wasn't Splinter Cell. But that being said, it's not a bad game, and it? it's quite fun to play through. Mm. And then Blacklist, um, actually, the, the biggest. Criticism I have of Blacklist is that they replaced Michael side. So that really bothered me. But Blacklist as a game was a good Splinter Cell game, mm. and it, it combined um, the action-heavy stuff of Convictions with uh, the old-school stealth stuff. And there's it's a it's a it's a decent game. It's a good game, but um, it, it doesn't reach the highs of I'd say Chaos Theory, Double Agent, or no. the first game. But and I
0: think it's. game well i think convictions and i don't know anything about blacklist to be honest so this is me going at a guess but i think when those games came out they were very much catered to the general gaming vibe of that time
1: you're right yeah
0: um you're right there you know whereas trying to broaden the appeal yeah whereas the the original quadrilogy were you know that they weren't trying to be anything than what they actually were and you know there's an argument for all right what's you know, that games at the time when these these came out, they were well suited for, for that vibe. And that's fair enough. It, you know, this was before the time that, you know, Call of Duty reigns supreme and, you know, Halo or, or Gears of War or whatever. But I think there is a big hunger for the Splinter Cell series to come back. And I also think it's the Splinter Cell from, you know, the early 2000s. It is Splinter Cell 1, 2, 3, 4. I don't think... People would still, you know, buy it like um, like hotcakes if they released a Splinter Cell game in line with what Convictions was or what Blacklist was, I imagine. But I think that the, the people that do want Splinter Cell to come back want it to be a very slow, stealthy kind of, you know, back to its roots. A lot of people yeah. say that MGS5 is, you know, the, one of the best stealth games that ever has been released. And... There are a lot of good elements of MGS5. You know, it can't be denied how open it is and how you can tackle any environment and ha- any situation in whatever you, way you want. But for me, that game was still kind of... I like MGS5, it's all right, but...
1: Just incredibly flawed, isn't it? It's yeah. Got, it's got a great engine and...
0: Yeah, yeah it looks it's incredible. Flawed. Um, but it, it still it feels a little...
1: with a jeep ride.
0: Well, yeah, exactly, you know. And... It feels like MGS5 is somewhat slapstick um, in, in some element, whereas Splinter Cell was never that. And MGS1 and, to some extent, MGS2, MGS3 kind of flirts with the line, but Splinter Cell always felt like just base, stealth, espionage. This is what this game was is. a political
1: thriller, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, I, I think that's a really good way of... of saying it you know when, when i think of Spencer, cell i think of things like um you know watergate uh, like the watergate scandal from uh, nixon's era in the white house you know people sneaking around buildings planting documents that kind of thing like cold war era um espionage which obviously this isn't set in the cold war but um yeah so i think there is a hunger and i think people would be very interested to see this this series come back i know that Ubisoft don't have the best um, reputation. Take record of late, no, um, and you know they are an atrocious company because of all the things that have come out about them. <laughs> but I still think that people would buy it. You know, if, if you want to look at people trying to, you know, boycott a game and it not really working, just look at Harry Potter. Um, people can have reasons to not buy games from certain studios, but realistically, if people want to play a game, they're going to play it. Uh, And I think Splinter Cell would probably do very well um, if they ever did bring it back and Ubisoft would make a lot of money.
1: Yeah, and let's not forget that um, Hitman also took its own um, uh, course change, that that was terribly worded, um, in in the late 2000s or maybe it was 2010 with um, Hitman Absolution. I think that was 2010,
0: 2011, 2012 maybe
1: and then they when they returned 2016 um, yeah when they returned to the uh, old hitman formula people loved it and those games have done so so well they they're, they're um, so good so, yeah so there really is an appetite for that and i couldn't have been happier that they went back to the older formula um, absolutions okay but yeah it's it, it's it not hitman hitman no it was it was some weird thing and and yeah, I suppose you could say the same with Conviction. Blacklist is a funny one because it you can play it as a pure stealth game, um, but you can also play it as an action game if you want to. I'm sure more people played it as a p- pure stealth game, to be honest. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. So we've had a good discussion about Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. Does it deserve to be on the
0: list? Yes, I think so. Um, that's, a, that's a blobby briefing for you. I would say that... Uh... Yeah, it 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 deserves its place. And I'll, I'll ha- when I when you're talking, I'll have a quick look as to where um, Pandora Tomorrow came up on the list because I can't remember. Um, I think it's lower
1: than than Chaos Theory. That's good. We
0: we like that. Um, but yeah, it, it deserves to be here. I think this is probably one of. Uh, you know what? I'd, I'd say this is probably the best stealth game that we've played on the list, and that comes from someone who adores Metal Gear Solid Five um do you what do you think it's better uh, Metal Gear than Solid 3? 3 sorry apologies what
1: do you think it's better than MGS3 actually save that don't answer that because we will have a conversation about stealth games um once we finish the list so yeah I'll hold that thought for a very long time I'll hold it um, and we will have a, a conversation a holding um, but what yes so, what about
0: you do you think it deserves to be here
1: yeah, without a doubt. Um, I think I would place this in my top 25 quite easily. Mm. Um, there's just something that works. And it, it takes a special game to, to hook you. So for, so I'll give you an example. This playthrough that I've done this time, I've not finished it yet. Um, as I said, I've completed this game a fair few times before. Um, but I am now on... Um, I'm just finishing the mission where you are in the North Korean nuke base. Yeah, and I think I'm going to Seoul next.
0: And oh, by the way, uh, Pandora um, tomorrow is eighty-six.
1: Yeah, I thought it was later. Yeah. Do continue. So, so, so yeah, I, I haven't finished it, but I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go and play it after I finished recording this, this episode, um, because I just think it's a good game, and I'm looking forward to playing it. They're very, it's it. it it's a sad thing to say we've been doing this list for a long time but there are very few games that um at the start of a day obviously you go to work and you think i'm really looking forward to going home and playing that game Mm. but chaos theory is one of those games where i was looking forward to playing it and i'm looking forward to finishing it again and i'm looking forward to replaying the xbox version of double agent and, and maybe dabbling with um some of the other splinter cell games so Yeah, it definitely deserves to be there. It'll probably make my top 25. Um, Yeah, I don't really have much more to say than that. Um, Okay, so that does it for Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. What have we got coming up on the list? We've got a bit of a funny episode coming up next time, haven't we? We
0: do. Um, I've I've got the list open because obviously I've just looked at, at Pandora tomorrow and after we've released this game, we only have six games left. Um, which constitutes to five episodes because we're putting two games together um, for the next episode. And to be honest with you, I don't know how we're going to do this one. I think we said we need to come up with something for this next episode because I don't have the console to play um, yeah. either of the, so these I've, games. I,
1: I purchased import copies of both of these games and I've also um, bought freeloaders so that I can play them on, on the, the consoles that they are on. So one i've got uh on the dreamcast and one i've got on the gamecube um but yeah so your options i suppose are two things for the next episode and and we will uh have full disclosure here of what we're going to do because these weren't easy games to cover and they cost me um to 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 do all together probably not far off 50 pounds because the gamecube version of one of the games cost about 30 pounds um and and again they're import games so you're paying import fees as well so your options are you can possibly find an emulator, maybe find an emulator for one of them, um, or you can just put in some time watching them on YouTube. I, I don't really know. I, there's no other yeah. easy answer to it, is there? I'll, I'll work something
0: out. But um, yeah, so the next episode, which I believe we're doing next week. Yes, yes. next week. Um, so we've got uh, number 16 on the list as NFL 2K1. Uh, if you're a long time listener of the the show you might remember about a year ago we did um NFL I think 2003 and 2000 and we did 4 or 2000 yeah we did Madden 2000 yeah it was Madden 2004, wasn't 4 didn't we um yeah. so yeah we're doing NFL 2K1 and we're going to put that alongside number 75 on the list NCAA Football 2004 which I know is the harder one to come by um yeah, And, you know, I'm I'm not going to give you an idea of what the next few games look like after that, but sh- should I give a, a rundown of the games that we have left after these two?
1: Yeah, do them in a random order. Yeah, of course.
0: So we have got um, The Witcher 3. We've got Half-Life Alex, We have got um, Zelda Breath of the Wild. And we have got Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, and after that, there are some... Um there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There are eight games that have been added into the top one hundred list since we Nine now. Uh, nine list, uh, nine yes, games a since new game, so, a new
1: game has been added in the last few weeks. In fact there's two new games, but one of them I'm not sure if it will count, and and that one is um Metroid Prime. Um, for the Switch. Oh, That's, got you. Uh, apparently an amazing remaster. Well... Yeah, obviously, we've played Metro Prime.
0: I mean, on the, on that list of... Because there's going to be an additional eight or nine after we've done those five. We've got Persona 4 Golden, the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Elden Ring, Tetris Effect Connected, um, the game that you mentioned last week, I think, the House of Feta Morgana. Um, we've got Disco Elysium Final Cut, and then God of War Ragnarok. So, even though we've only got five left in the original list that we're working from, um, of which there are some big games in. You know, you've got Witcher, Mario Odyssey, Zelda. Um, you know, you've then got games like Persona 4, um, Elden Ring, Disco Elysium, God of War, Ragnarok. So there's there's still some very big games to come from us, I think. Um, and by the time that we probably do all what 14 of those games I think it'll probably take us almost to the yeah. end of the year
1: yeah not not far off probably no
0: but yes um, so that's that's what's coming up over the next few months um, we're obviously going to complete the, uh, the the five that I mentioned there first because um, they're in the original top 100 that we're working off from when we updated the list I think in probably November 2020 um, years ago yes 70 years ago it was, but yes um, that is it for Spintertail Chaos series. as always you can find us on social media at the Long and Short of it Podcast, um, we're on email at longshortvidpodcast.com I'm getting the things mixed up that I'm saying um, but as always if you enjoyed the episode please share it, please give it a, a thumbs up or a star rating or whatever it is you do a um, little call to action there just to help us get into more people's ears because uh, that's where we like to go, in people's ears um. You know, it's, it's our favourite place to be but that's it uh, for this week is there anything else that you would like to add? no that's it from me this has been another blobby briefing and we'll see you next week for some American football
1: cheerio see you on the next one